Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, my good friend Ryan Roberts. Today we are going to be breaking down two of the top linebackers in the 2024 NFL Draft on today's Scouting Report episode. We hope you enjoyed your holidays and that this is a nice additional treat when you're off of work. Today we're going to be talking about Edrin Cooper, the linebacker from Texas A&M, and then the very, very highly debated Peyton Wilson. Yes. This conversation is going to be really weird, and I think that we're going to open um, a chasm of what is going to be a large, highly contested conversation with where this kid should go. All that coming up and more. Ryan, I want to start us off with Edrin Cooper, six yep. foot three, two hundred thirty pounds, uh, very highly recruited kid, very talented kid who was a part of uh, an underperforming Texas A&M team, but still a really good Texas A&M defense. I liked yep. him. We're going to kind of get into draft projection here. Um, but any just quick background thoughts that you had on him as you, uh, you know, you recently uh, tapped into his his physical profile? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, Joe, I, I've noticed recently that uh, I have now I have now transitioned from co-host to very good friend. The last two times we've been on a podcast, you've called me your very good friends. That's awesome. Okay, man. I'll call I'm, you my co- I'll call you my no, co-host. I'm, then I'll call I'm you my co-host. Complimenting okay. you. I mean, after four you years of doing a podcast together, I'm finally a friend. It's just it's, next show. It's your nice. next show. It's going to be let in. My, I'm here with some guy that won't leave me alone. Ryan Roberts. That is going to be <laughs> so mean. That's so mean. That's some really some guy mean. who texts me a bunch of random football takes. So I just invite him on here. So he and, and, I, and I get, and I get you. <laughs> a bunch of early information and intel as well but yeah <laughs> hey man you could be making it up i don't know <laughs> Which, well was i making it up this morning joseph no, was i making no, it up this no, morning no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Ed- sorry edron cooper edron cooper fourth yes. year player he came in during the 20 the 2020 season so he was a covid kid the first season so he's listed as a junior on the roster so he technically does have one year one year of eligibility 2021 when he was a redshirt freshman he was Fourth leading tackler on the team, despite only starting one game, and I'm pretty sure he made all SEC. This past year, I mean, he was his – because he's he's been playing the last two years at a pretty consistent note. This past year, though, Joe, in 2023, has been easily his most productive one. I was putting up his numbers, and they, I mean, they're outrageous, man, because, I mean, he had 61 tackles, eight tackles for loss as a redshirt sophomore in 2022, but 2023, 83 mm. total tackles, 17 tackles for loss, eight sacks, which is just a absolutely wild number. So he had a lot of – loss production. Yeah. And they use them in a lot of different ways. I mean, I saw him and we'll get more into the evaluation of him, but I saw him playing will Mike. I saw him play out in space. It's almost like an overhang defender at some points. Like they kind of use him all over the place a little bit. So he was a top 10 recruit out of the state of Louisiana. So a top 10 overall player in the state of Louisiana, obviously went out to Texas A&M listed six, three, 230 pounds, probably more just my opinion, probably more in the six, two and a half ish type of range, maybe 235, somewhere in that ballpark, but pretty highly recruited kid has been playing a lot of football for Texas A&M and had obviously a breakout season in his fourth year on campus in 2023. So I am a big fan of Edrin Cooper. I think he's going to be, I, I hate the 
my guy like nomenclature and like using that 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 phrasing because I think it's really weird to talk about but he would fall in that bucket of players who I'm going to be rooting for and players that I think um, could really boost the the profile and the quality of your team. Really explosive. I, I love the length that he has. And you see with the production that you just talked about there, he's got sack production. He's got tackle for loss production. Because of that length, close down speed, the burst that he has, pretty good change of direction skills. Like All of these athletic traits that you bring to the table enable him of when he's in striking distance of a ball carrier, a quarterback – He's gonna finish. He's gonna get that. He's gonna get that 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 sack, the tackle for loss. I don't think his eyes are bad. I don't think that he's a guy that that is, uh, you know, can't process and can't make decisions. Because there's times on film where you see him make some really good reads and make some really good plays, and he's really aggressive. But he's very inconsistent. He's really inconsistent, and it's not like that. This is a third year player who's playing his first season as a starter or something along those lines, you just talked about there the amount of experience that he has. Could he improve his processing? Absolutely. But I have a little bit of pause where I feel like he could fit into that first round conversation, but because of that lack of consistent processing where he's really slow to, to trigger and, and make a decision or completely misreads and falls for a fake, something along those lines, that leads to him being out of position. That kind of stuff sure pushes him a little bit down my draft board, but I think that regardless, he's somebody to throw into a defense and as a rookie could could put up some really good numbers. I'm very interested going back to his 2022 film because I've only seen 2023 film of him. I've heard of him before the season. Actually, I believe Lorenz had recommended him for RPM like last year, in the, like the beginning of the year during his 2022 season, but I haven't seen his 2022 stuff at all because I'm very interested to see how much the processing has improved from 2022 to 2023, because I, that's like the hang up with me. It really yeah. is. Cause I, I'm a, I'm gonna say I'm a linebacker guy, Joe, and it's very easy to fall in love with his traits. Cause his traits are great. They really are. I mean, six, two and a half. It's going to have plus plus length at the position. He can move sideline to sideline. He has really good explosiveness. He's really good in a straight line. And he's also pretty twitchy, kind of change of direction a little bit, man. Like I see him out in space a little bit, and I think he can redirect pretty well. And you see when he's rushing the pass where he's able to kind of bend his body and contort his body in certain ways where he's able to kind of finish plays in the backfield. So athletically, it's great. I mean, really, like he's a he's a early starter on the NFL level just based on physical traits. His eyes are very maddingly inconsistent at times. Yeah. That happens, that happens also in coverage, too. It's not even just yeah. being able to run fill and just kind of being in the right gap and understanding where a puller's coming from and you know a, a down block and who's coming at you and being able to resolve that issue at the point of attack. It's also in pass coverage. Like I'm watching like mesh concepts go around him and he just kind of gets lost in, in the sauce a little bit and doesn't really know where, where kind of his eyes should be going compared to just reading a quarterback's eyes to the zone discipline aspects of the game. So I think there's a little bit of a developmental feel to me with Edron Cooper. That being said, the traits are great to work with, right? There's just there's going to be a fine line with, though, with this type of kid where there is going to be a point where it's too early to draft him because there's going to be too high of expectations in year one that he's going to be able to just be that guy, right? Like, I do think that he needs a little bit of good mm. coaching. I think he needs a little bit of 
good developments. I think he needs a good, solid linebacker coach on the next level to get the most out of him. It's going to be about being a little bit patient with Edron Cooper. If you can be patient with him, I think he has plus starter upside. Like, not just starter upside. Like, I yeah. think this could be a plus yeah. starter at either Mike or Will as well. Like, I think he could be a modern Mike. I think he could definitely play Will also with the with the explosiveness and the ability to play in pursuits that he has as well. But I think it's going to be a lot of patience that's going to be needed with Edron Cooper because he's just process it's not even like that he's a slow processor it's that his eyes go to the wrong spots a lot and so yes. that's that's a yeah. little bit of a concerning thing but it can be fixed it's just about patience and good coaching at the end of the day he is one of those guys like you're talking about here i need to see him go to a team that has a history of developing good linebackers you know like i i can't I'd be I really afraid of. I want him to go to an attack system early, where they're just like, "We are going to blitz you. We are going to trigger you, you know, pre-snap, and we are going to make sure that you're getting downhill as much as possible." If they do that, I think that yeah. they have a chance to get a lot out of him as a rookie, potentially. My my immediate thought was that this is a Wink Martindale linebacker. Like that's the the, the first thing that comes to my mind is like I, this feels like a. There's a history of these linebackers that Wink Martindale and the Baltimore. He's not going to go to the Ravens because they've stockpiled yeah. linebackers for the past couple of years. They sure. have two of the best inside backers, and they also um, just drafted Trenton Simpson, so they're probably not going to take somebody. But somebody like the Giants with a good defensive line in uh, a creative defensive system with Wink, Wink Martindale, like we look at his history with just athletic guys, turning them from athletic guys to aggressive, very talented linebackers. I mean, Patrick Queen yeah. kind of fits that that description of really athletic and it's taken him a couple of years to like really get there. And now we're starting to see because yeah. the surrounding group around him has enabled him to actually play to his true capability because he's got a good Mike backer next to him with, uh, with Roquan Smith. And then he's gotten all these uh, defensive linemen there in front of him. That's the other part of this too. I'd be yeah. really disappointed if he ends up on a team that doesn't have a good defensive line because I'd be really <laughs> worried watching him just get knocked around because he's trying that first season is going to be really brutal if he's getting um, defensive linemen driven into him while he's trying to make decisions because then he's screwed. I, and I, I think that, that is great. That happens sometimes. Potentially it happens sometimes. On, fil on film, that's happened to him. Just kind of watch him at Texas A&M because like Joe, it's even as simple as like there's there's one play I, I think it was against LSU. I, I can't remember, but there so there was a Front side, down, down, two down blocks. So guard block down, tackle block down. They pulled the backside guard and ba backside tackle. So the guard was pulling and kicking the defensive end, and then the and then the tackle was going to pull underneath on like a power look. And Edron Cooper actually had really good eyes there. He saw what was happening in front of him. He filled the right gap. He took on the he took on the puller. I was like, awesome. But he attacked the wrong shoulder of the puller, and mm. that kind of just pushed him into the wrong gap ultimately right like it's just the little nuances of playing the position that i just think he needs help on I, it's actually an interesting comparison he's bigger than patrick queen but like patrick queen's not a bad comp because if you remember at lsu like it was like patrick queen was only a one-year starter and it was like patrick be aggressive get downhill and blitz that was your job that was your <laughs> job and in that role he was very good but like you said, Patrick Queen, the first couple of years, and I remember saying this before that draft because we were doing the podcast right. at that point. I remember saying yeah. that. I'm like, dude, Patrick Queen is not ready today to be a starting inside linebacker in the NFL. And he struggled very early on in his career. Luckily, he went to a place that was patient with him. That was like, okay, a couple years of bumps, 
Now we're going to come out on the other side because the talent was never the issue with Patrick Queen. Like it's going to not be the issue with Edron Cooper. It's just going to be about patience and fits. If he finds the right spot, he could be Patrick Queen. But if he finds the wrong spot, this yeah. is my concern, he could be Jared Davis. And that's not what you want to be. Oh, my God. that would Is that what your comp was? Is that what it was? I mean, that physically. You, you told me you had a comp. Physically, yeah. 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 Well, it, it's like, because I, I think comps are important because it also can kind of tell stories of players. But I also think that we can also do this sometimes where it's like there's a best case scenario comp and there's a low end comp, right? And like my low end comp would be Jared Davis because Jared Davis had every trait in the world. He went to a bad situation and he never got fundamentally better. And it's an even worse situation now because the, the that whole defensive line's gone, yes. except the interior yes. guys. Exactly. I, so, okay, here's my thing with Cooper to round him out. Um, Day two pick for me. I, I really don't think that this year at all we're going to see a single first-round linebacker. Like, I don't think that there's any, especially now that Barrett Carter is out of the mix. I yeah. was a bit iffy on Barrett Carter, and he was more of a day two guy for me. Uh, I hadn't watched. Imagine being wrong. Film, but Imagine being wrong. Could shut not up. Be me, dude. Shut up. Me. Yeah. Um, Edger and Cooper, though, as we're talking about here, athletic enough for a team to take him in the second or third round and then him develop into a plus starter, as you're talking about. I, I hope he goes to the right situation. I, I really do. Yeah. I have a feeling he's probably going to finish in my top five linebackers because I, I really don't see that there's an again we have a, we have a lot of guys yeah. in this linebacker class that, can't, that decided to go back or just already wasn't yeah. talented i i am already so out on the the barrett carter shit i we need to stop we need to stop <laughs> barrett carter I, I i had a i think i had a top 100 in the summer and i'm are you talking I'm about just, jeremiah trotter are you talking about trotter or are you talking about Carter? Oh, Jer- Jer- Jeremiah Trotter. Sorry. I was like, Carter went back to school. What, what are we Barrett doing with Carter. him already? Not Barrett Carter. <laughs> Jeremiah yeah. Trotter. Th- that's, yeah. That train is not should not have get on the tracks, but he is the prototypical undersized, not that athletic linebacker that is go- yeah. right that is going to get overhyped. He's going to be this year's yes. Ivan Pace. Ever- we already got a comment. Somebody here commented on the video we did on, on um, uh, um, oh my God, on Jeremiah Trotter. Somebody yeah. already went and commented with Ivan Pace the way that he played. Are we still worried about the size concerns? So I don't want to take oh us down that route. Ivan Pace had a yeah. couple solid weeks for Minnesota. Can we act like he's like this Pro Bowl, like legitimately good starter yet? Like, can we just calm down a little bit? Can we please do it? Joe, my, my take here though is if you yeah. told me that there was a linebacker that ended up going in the first round this year, my prediction would be Edron Cooper. It would be. I think it would be way too high. I, agree. I almost put him in my mock draft. I almost put I, him in my mock. I think he's a mid-day two prospect right now. So late second, early third rounds, I would be okay with him in that range because there are tools to work with, but I want to be slow with him. Let him play special teams. Let him back up one to two spots early on as a rookie. Rotate him in. And then year two, that's when we hopefully get the best version of Edron Cooper, year two to year three. That's, I think, the optimal situation because he's a still a younger guy despite being a fourth-year player. I think there's a lot of upside to him. I just don't want him to get thrown into the fire too early because if when you throw guys in there into the fire too early, there's two things that happen. Either they are resilient and they come out on the other side better than ever or they falter because they just weren't ready for mm-hmm. that type of pressure. I don't know which one Edrum Cooper will be, but I would rather stay safe with him and develop him and utilize his skill sets early and then get put more and more on his plate as he gets comfortable. Feels like a Dallas Cowboy if he goes in the first round. I, I don't I can't I mean I don't know if it's just Dude, Texas. They're, they're Texas. in a bad situation. I mean, we never know what free agency is going to ha- like what free agency is yeah. going to bring or whatever, but 
Yeah, man. I mean, they're desperate now with the Leighton Vander Esch issue. And I mean, and ultimately, like Micah Parsons is playing so good on the edge. Like, I just don't think you want to move him back to linebacker a ton because he's just more rare on the edge than he is at linebacker. Right. So they're in a tough situation right now. I mean, they're tough. Try, they're trying to figure it out. But I mean, Damone Clark, I think, is playing inside linebacker for them right now, who I didn't hate coming out of LSU, but it's like still a downgrade compared to what you had with Leighton Vander Esch, obviously. Peyton Wilson. Six foot four, 238 pounds. One of the only guys that I think I'm ever going to have to put an asterisk next to, next to his grade. Uh, I, I think that this is a top 50 player and we're going to kind of get into it. But I really don't think that he goes there at all. I, I really don't. There is no likelihood. I mean, this guy could be a day three pick because of his history. And I know that you're very privy to his background and he's somebody that you've yes. in a way studied and tracked for a while and you've been excited multiple times on this show to talk about his background but yeah. i'll open the floor yeah. to you because i know that there's a lot to cover here with him oh joe oh by the way uh, linebacker from north carolina state nc Stanford. yes didn't say that part peyton wilson is one of the most frustrating evals i've had in my entire career at this point one he is a former high caliber recruit Top 40 overall recruit in the 2018 recruiting class, by the way. So he's a little bit of an older guy. He is incredibly talented, man. Like, so, so, so talented. He's listed at like 6'4", 237 pounds, I believe. I know I think I have a Blesto measurement on him, which I'll kind of pick up, you know, as I speak about him a little bit. But here, here is the timeline of Peyton Wilson as a football player, Joe. Peyton Wilson redshirted as a 2018 player in, in his 2018 season because he had an injury that cost him the entirety of that season. I believe that was a I believe that was his ACL tear at that point, okay? Okay. In his career so far, Peyton Wilson has had multiple shoulder surgeries. He's had an ACL tear as well. No, it's, I, speaking as a former linebacker that has both labrums repaired, yes, it is not a good situation to have bad shoulders as a linebacker. So he's got multiple shoulder shoulder tears. I believe they were both labrums. He also has an ACL tear. He's also arrested as a true freshman, which I don't think that will end up being Who like wasn't? a big thing. <laughs> not me, but <laughs> otherwise, yeah. I, uh, I don't think I don't think the arrest is going to be the big thing. It's just putting out information of there's going to be a lot of things that the teams are going to ask about. Right. I mean, cause if you, I'm not going to go into what he was arrested for, you can Google it and you can find all the reports and everything. It was, it was just a kid being young, right. Ultimately. So it's not like he was a, you know, it wasn't like burglary or like theft or like something a little bit more extreme. Like it was just a really bad, it was a bad decision for a young cat, but yep. regardless, yep. he's got multiple injuries on his belt. He's got multiple surgeries on his belt shoulders and a knee he's got the arrest on him so there's gonna be a lot that nfl teams are gonna kind of have to sort through and i mean and ultimately the medicals are gonna make or break <laughs> this 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 prospect right you could convince me right now joe that peyton wilson goes top 50 you can convince me of it if the medicals clear out you could convince me of it you could also convince me that he doesn't go to round five you can convince me of either reality. I mean, you right could also convince. I would argue you could convince me that he goes undrafted. Like I, I think Possible. that that. I know that if sounds it's like extreme. A, if it's a pure red flag. You're right. You're not wrong there. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it, all it takes for one. There are multiple injuries for him during the medical check to come up and be like, "Oh, this thing is going to catch up to him in three years, and he's going to be out of the league." That like the shoulder thing is what I'm most concerned about. The ACL yes. stuff I'm less concerned about because it was. Sure. 
long enough ago where the ACL recovery process, mm-hmm. I, like I'm not super worried. It's not like he's fresh yeah. off it and it's going to slow down his ability to get on the field early. Yes, I, I'm not worried about that. But the shoulder stuff, man, if you got bad shoulders as a linebacker and you're hitting people, that stuff deteriorates. It's, that stuff right. deteriorates. It, because I, I, that's that's where the big part is going to be. Like they do a thing called a DEXA scan, which is like bone density and stuff, right? Like they're th- that type of stuff is going to really make or break. Because uh, by all indication, he's had two healthy seasons in a row, so he hasn't been injured the last two years. That's why I'm optimistic, good. right? Yes. Which is good. He's also a multi-year team captain, which is also good. And you hear nothing about solid reviews of his character, which is that's all great, right? Because ultimately. Joe, I remember after his redshirt sophomore year, I was touting this kid as a potential late first, early second round pick. That's what I was called. I, I literally had a late first, early second round grade on him after his redshirt sophomore year because the kid's so good, man. He's 6'4", 237 pounds, has played mostly Will for NC State, but as he adds weight, more weight to his frame, I think he could also be a modern day Mike. I think he has that type of upside to him. The kid is smooth. He's explosive. If you watch the Notre Dame game, he made two plays in pursuit coming down the field where it was like one play was Chris Tyree, who was a who was a a, a championship sprinter in high school, probably going to run a yeah. 4-3-40 when he comes out because he transferred to Virginia for his final year. And he hawked him down. I mean, this kid's going to run in the 4-4s four at 237 pounds. And with he's a bad ACL. Test, with a bad ACL. He's going to test exceptionally well. He was great this year. Actually, surprisingly, pretty good through contact. He's his length isn't incredible for a guy that is six foot four, but he has range for days. He's instinctual and he's incredibly loose athlete. Man, Peyton Wilson is a starting linebacker talent on the NFL level and a plus one. The question ultimately is going to be longevity and just what do the medicals look like early to see where he's draft slotted. You hit every, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. He checks. Every box that you look for in a premier starting linebacker in the NFL, explosive, fantastic burst, fluid hips, moves really well in coverage. I think that he's a really good player in coverage. He's got the uh, you know the size to impact the catch point for tight ends and slot receivers, and he can run with those guys. He's very aggressive. His instincts, I have no questions about it because he's played so long. He just knows where the ball is going to be. He's one of those guys where before the ball will leave a quarterback's hand or the ball is in a running back's hand, He's moving and he's moving in the right direction. He very, very rarely makes those those bad mistakes. He's somebody, if he gets drafted to a team that's already in a Super Bowl conversation that could get drafted, and you're talking about him as the defensive rookie of the year because he's playing at an unbelievable level. Like kind of yep. similar to the impact that we had from um uh who uh, uh is it no, who's the the kid on the the Chiefs that you loved so much that's the star. Oh, Nick Bolton, right? Oh, Nick Bolton. Yeah, I love Nick yeah, Bolton. Yeah, like Nick Bolton, Nick as Bolton. soon as he came into the league, everybody talked so highly of him, and he was an early impact player. I think that yeah. Peyton Wilson has every capability to do that. I have, though, this this strange feeling, though, that he is going to have a Jalen Smith type of career where he comes in early. It's, it's like, wow, yeah. look at him play, and look at all the things that yeah. he does. And then in three years, he's just struggling. He just loses a step. Str- yeah. Right. Arthritis kicks in and it's like, yeah, you're done a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think well, the I think the one thing he has over like a Jalen Smith situation is you remember Jalen's injury, man. Like he messed up every like ligament yeah, and everything yeah. in his leg. Like that was a really bad injury at the time, man. Like it was 
it was debilitating for Jalen. So I, Joe, here's the take, and I want you to I want you to tell me if I'm off base or not. Okay, here's the take. I have a higher film grade, and they're different players, so it's not apples to apples. This isn't apples to orange conversation, but it is also a grading in a vacuum conversation. I believe Peyton Wilson is a better football player at what he does than what Jack Campbell was last year for Iowa, who was oh, top yeah. 20. Yeah. I mean, just to put it into perspective, guys, like I'm saying if this kid was clear and the film was the film and the injuries were not a concern, he could be a first round pick. Like I think he's the best linebacker just on film in this class. Yeah. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. But he's not going to be drafted there ultimately. He's not. I even if the medicals check out, I still doubt it because he's a little bit older still and the, the, there's still some things to work through from the medical side of things. But he's exceptional, man. I don't know. Well, I, I'm that's why frustrating eval. That, that's why I have the asterisks on him because he is going to be he was one of the most fun players I've I've had the uh, ability to watch this cycle and I'm going to root for him, but I just don't know if he's ever going to really get to that point where he, you know, he's going to be able to get drafted high enough because I think a lot of teams what he, get freaked out by this stuff. All right. Let, let me put, let me paint a different scenario. Peyton Wilson gets drafted in the sixth round and he ends up being a pro bowler. Are you surprised? No, no. I think no. that's probably what's going to happen here. It <laughs> could happen, man. It could can, happen. I, can I throw out a comp and tell me to shut up? I know that this is um, <laughs> sure. This is uh, this gets characterized as lazy by just picking a, okay. another white linebacker. But uh, I, Luke Keekley, like I don't think that that's that's far off to say that very physically the same type of player. Okay. Very good, smart football player. Very fast and downhill. I think Luke Keekley ran like a four five or something like that. Four five, four five eights. They they. So the funny part so about a little, Luke Keekley probably gonna be a little faster than Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley ran a four five eights, and because there was a there was a mantra that Luke Keekley was just like this really good processor. He wasn't fast, right? So he ran four five eight at the combine. I remember. Then the that. next run, he only ran like four six seven or something like that. So they made him run a third time, Joe. They made him run a third time, and then he ran four five nine, and they're like, okay, yeah, he's fast. Okay, we don't need to see anymore. Which is just I forgot about all that, dude. Yeah. So. <sighs> I mean, Luke was a rare player, though, man. Like, he was just so clean. Like, there was just nothing against Luke coming out of Boston College, you know? And I, I think that I do well, think like, that remove the, the medicals from yeah. it, though. Like, remove the medicals. I, I That's why I well, would you would you, be, would you play Would you play Peyton Wilson as a Mike, though, full-time? I still, I, I still think that he's more of a will than a Mike, in my opinion. I think but, he's got the – the reason why I would eventually move him to Mike is I feel like he's got the size to play Mike. He does. He does have the size. I don't. I don't know if there's a perfect comp to him, man. He's a very unique body type too. Yeah. Like he's he's kind of he's lean. Lanky. He's really he's lanky weird and lean, lean a little bit, but like he's strong though. So I'm not worried about the size at all because I see him take on blocks at the point of attack and like it's not a deterrence to him working through contact and through traffic. I say we get him up to 260. I by the way, I think that I'm joking when I say that, but. He's got yep. the size to uh, – he's got a, like a very lean frame that he could add on like another 15 pounds hey, if he really wanted to. His body type – do you remember Do you remember Leighton Vander Esch coming out of Boise State? So yeah, Leighton put on a that's ton not of, a bad one. He put a ton of weight on, and I think he ended up like 255 at the combine or something like that because he put a lot of weight on. But if you watched him early in that season, he was about 240, and he was just like lean and long because he was almost six foot five. He was long as heck. So maybe there's a comparison body type there. I don't know if I would say they're necessarily like a similar player at all, but ultimately it's still like a body type comparison, I guess. That's actually a good good comp, I think, all around maybe for, for Leighton Vander Esch because 
He also fits what I just talked about with Jalen Smith, where he comes into the league. It's just like, oh my God, watch this guy play. This is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And then there's just a slow deterioration of some lingering issues that just add up. And then it's like, I I, I can't even, you can't even keep track of which injury problem is slowing down Leighton Vander Esch at this point, because he's just, and he's too aggressive. He hits people too way too hard. And he's so downhill that it's scary. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Um, all right. I think it's good enough to wrap us up on at Joe DeLeon at rise and draft. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We'll be back with more Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.